Black Veil by Charles Dickens One winter's evening, towards the close of the year 1800, within a year or two of that time, a young medical practitioner, recently established in business, succeeded by cheerful fire in his little parlour, listening to the wind which was beating the rain. In pattering drops against the window, or rumbling dismally in the chimney, the night was wet and cold. Been walking through mud and water the whole day, and was now comfortably reposing in his dressing gown and slippers, more than half asleep and less than half awake, revolving a thousand matters in his wandering imagination. First he thought how hard the wind was blowing, how cold, sharp rain would be at that moment beating in his face. It was not comfortably housed at home. Even if if he was not comfortably housed at home, then his mind reverted to his usual Christmas visit, his native place, and dearest friends. He thought how glad they would all be to see him, how happy it would make Rose could tell her. They tell her he found a patient at last, and hoped to have more and to come down again a few months' time and marry him, and make her home to gladden his lonely fireside, stimulate him to fresh exertions. Then he began to wonder where his first patient would appear, or whether he was destined by a special disparation of providence, never to have any patients at all. Then he thought about Rose again, thought about Rose again dropped asleep and dreamed about her, till the tones of a sweet merry voice sounded in his ears, a soft tawny hand. Rested on his shoulder. There was a hand upon his shoulder, but it was neither soft nor tiny. His owner, being a corpulent, round-headed boy, in consideration of the sum of one shilling per week, his food was let out by the parish to carry medicine and messages. As there was no demand for medicine, however, no necessary for the messages, he usually got his unemployed hours. Averaging thirteen a day, extracting peppermint drops, making and taking animal nourishment, and going to sleep. A lady, sir, a lady. This was the boy rousing his master with shake. What lady? Required our friend, starting up, not certain that his dream was illusion. I was expecting it might be Rose herself. What lady? Where? There, sir cried the boy, pointing at the glass door, leading to surgery, the expression of alarm, which was very unusual apparition, apparition of a customer might have tended to excite. The surgeon looked towards the door and startled himself, and instantly beholding the appearance of his unlooked for visitor. It's a singly tall woman, dressed in deep mourning, and standing so close to the door, her face almost touched the glass. Other part of the figure was carefully muffled in a black shawl, as if the purpose of concealment, her face was shrouded by a thick black veil. She had perfectly erect. Her figure was drawn up to its full height. Through the surgeon felt the eyes beneath the veil were fixed on him. He stood perfectly motionless, enfaced by no gesture, or whatever, despite his consciousness of his having to turn towards her. Consciousness of her being told towards her. 
Do you wish to consult me? He inquired with some hesitation, holding open the door. It opened inwards, and therefore the action did not alter the position of the figure. It still remained motionless on the same spot. She slightly inclined her head, a token of acquaintance. Pray walk in, said the surgeon. The figure moved a step forward, then turning its head in the direction of the boy, to, infinite, to his infinite horror, appeared to hesitate. Leave the room, Tom, said the young man, addressing the boy, whose large round eyes had been extended to the uttermost width during this brief interview. Draw the curtains, shut the door. The boy drew a, a green curtain across the grass part of the door, retired in surgery, closed the door after him, immediately applied one of his large eyes to the keyhole on the other side. <clears throat> the surgeon drew a chair to the fire, motioned the visitor to the seat. Mysterious figures slowly moved towards it. The blaze shone upon black dress. Surgeon said the bottom of it was serrated with mud and rain. You're very wet, he said. I am, said the stranger in a low, deep voice. Are you ill, said the surgeon, com compassionately, for the tone was that of a person in pain. I am, was replied, very ill, but not boldly, but mentally. It's not for myself, on, on my own behalf. The stranger, that I come to you. I laboured and for bodily disease. I should not be out alone at such hours, or on such a night as this. If I afflicted it twenty-four hours hence, God knows how gladly I would lie down and pray to die. It is for another that I beseech your aid, sir. I may be mad to ask for him. For him. I think I am a knight of the night, through the long dreary hours of watching and weeping. The thought had been ever present to my mind, and though even and though even I see the hopelessness of the human existence available, bare thought of lying in lying in his grave it makes my blood run cold. A shudder such as the surgeon, well known art, should not produce trembled through the speaker's frame. It was desperate earnestness in this woman's attic manner that went to the young man's heart. He was young in his profession, not yet witnessed enough of the miseries which are the daily presented, daily presented before the eyes of its members, who have grown comparatively callous to human suffering. If, he said, rising hopelessly, the person to whom he speak could be so hopeless a condition, describe not a moment to be lost. I go with, with you instantly. Why did you not obtain medical advice before? Because it would have been useless before. But it's useless even now, replied the woman, grasping her hand passionately. Surgeon gazed for a moment on the black veil, as if to certain the expression of features beneath it. Fitness had rendered such a result impossible. You are ill, he said quietly, although you do not know it. The fever that, which has enabled you to bear without feeling it, the fatigue you've been eventually 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 undergone is burning within you now. But if that out of your lips, he continued pouring out a glass of water. Impose yourself a few months, and tell me as calmly as you can what disease of the patient is, how long he's been ill. Now I know when I know what is necessary, I shall know to render my visit which reserved with him. I am ready to go and by you. 
The stranger lifted a glass of potent water to her fat mouth without raising the veil, put it down again and tasted and burst into tears. I know, she said, sobbing aloud. I say, I say to now, seems like a raving submarine. Been told so before, it's kind and by you. I am not you, young woman. They do say that life steals onwards. It's very its final close. Very last short remnant. Lovers it may seem to all beside. A dearer to the possessor. In all the years have gone before connected so. It may be with recollection. The old friends. Long since dead. And young ones. Children perhaps. Who have fallen off from. Well. They forgot about it completely. As they had died too. My actual term of life cannot be many years longer. And should be dear on their account. Their account I would lay it down without a sign. With cheerfulness. The joy. That's what I tell you now. With only false. Only false of memory. Tomorrow morning he whom I speak be. Will be. I, mean, I know. I would fain think otherwise. Beyond the reach of human aid. Yet tonight. Though he is deadly peril, you may not, must not see, and could not serve him. I am willing to increase your distress, said the servant, of a short pause, by making any comment in which you have just said, and appearing delirious to investigate the subject you are so anxious to conceal. There is inconsistently your statement, which cannot recall the probability. This person is dying tonight. I cannot see him with my insistence. My, well, Possibly avail, and yet you apprehend it would be useless to lie. Yet you would have, have seen, but yet you would have me seen him then. Be it indeed as I dear to you, as your love was a man of reply. You may not say, try to save his life before delay, process disease, render it impracticable. God help me, stayed the woman, weeping bitterly. How can I hope, strangers? Will believe what happens, what appears incredible, even to myself. You will not see him then, sir, she added, rising suddenly. I am not saying that I decline to see him, I warn you, if you persist on this extraordinary prescription, you will die as a fearful responsibility rests with you. Responsibility rests heavily somewhere, sighed the herbage strange bitterly. Wherever I suppose he ends with him, I cannot attempt to bear a ready answer. But I incur none, continued Sergeant Bright, acceding to your request. I see to him in the morning. If you leave me in distress, at what hour can he be seen? Nine, replied the stranger. Must excuse my pressing these inquiries, said Sergeant, but is he in your charge now? He is not, said the joy joiner. And I, if you had given instructions for his treatment for the night, you should not, you would not assist him? The woman bent bitterly as she replied, I could not. Finding there was little prospect of obtaining more information by prolonging the interview, anxious to spare the woman's feelings, which, subdued at first by a violent effort, were now impressible and most painful to witness. Surgeon repeated the promise of calling in the morning upon an hour. Better before after giving him a direction of a skewer pot of wool, well worth. 
left the house in the same mysterious manner which she had entered it. It is ready to believe that strongly the visit produced a considerable pressure on the mind of the young surgeon. He speculated a great deal to very little purpose of the possible circumstances of the case. Common with generalities of close people, he often heard and read of singular instances which present the death a peculiar day or every minute every minute had been entered entertained and realized. One case moment he declined to think the present might be such a case, and then it occurred to him all the antidotes of the kind he had ever heard of the persons who had been troubled with foreboding of their own death. His woman had spoke of another person, a man who was impossible to suppose a mere dream of delusion fancy would induce her to speak to approaching disillusion with such terrible certainty as she had spoken. It could not be be that the when was to be murdered a woman, a woman originally consented party, bound to secrecy by an oath, relented, and though unable to prevent the commission of some outrage on the victim, had determined to prevent his death if possible. By the time he physician, medical aid, the idea of such a idea of such things happening within two miles of Metropolis appeared too wild and preposterous to be attained beyond the instant. This is original impression of woman intellects. The disordered recurred is only a mode of solving the difficulties with any degree of satisfaction. He obviously made his mind to believe that she was mad. So misgivings upon his point of our stole upon his felt at the time and presented themselves again and again through the long dull course of a sleepless night, bringing, during which, in spite of all his efforts to the contrary, he is unable to finish black veil, banish black veil from his disturbed imagination. The back pad of Wilworth is a great distance from the town, this staggering, miserable place, though, I know, enough, even in those days, but five and thirty years ago, great portions of it was little better than a dreary waste, hounded by a few scattered people of questionable character. Poverty prevented their living in any better neighbourhood. Those pursuits of mould life rendered it so too desirable. Many, many of these houses, which have since sprung up on all sides, were not built until such years afterwards. A great majority, even of those which were sprinkled about at regular intervals, were the rudest and most miserable description. Prince of Planets, though through which he walked in the morning, were not carefully to raise the spirits of the young surgeon with his bell when he feeling of anxiety, pressure which a singular kind of visit he was about to make. And waking and striking off from the high road, his way lay across a marshy common through irregular lanes, for here there was a ruinous and dismantled cottage, fast falling into pieces with decay and neglect. Some tree and pulled of stagnant water, Roused into sluggish action by heavy rain, preceding night, skirted with path occasionally, and now and then a miserable patch of garden ground, a few old boards knocked together for summer house, and old palings imperfectly mended with stakes, pilfered from neighbouring hedges, bore testimony at once to the poverty of inhabitants, a little scruple 
entertained and approaching the company of every people their own for their own use. Occasionally the property of other people of their own use. Occasionally filthy looking woman would make an appearance from the door to a dirty house to empty the contents of some cooking utensil to go to in front of a screen the little girl stripshaw girl go try to stagger a few yards from the door and the weightless shallow infant almost as big as herself and scarcely anything was stirring around so much the prospect as would be faintly traced for the old cold damp mist which hung heavily, heavily over it presented a lonely and dreary appearance perfectly in keeping with the objects we have described After plodding wearily through the mud and mire, making many inquiries for the place in which he had been directed, and receiving many contradictory and such replies in return, down at length arrived before the house which had been pointed out to him. The object of his destiny was a small, low building, one story above the ground, with even a more desolate and unpromising exterior than he had yet passed. An old yellow curtain closely drawn across the window upstairs, the parlour shutters very closed. The clothes but not fastened. The house was detached from any other. It stood at an angle of a low tree lane. There was no other habitation in sight. <clears throat> when he saw that the surgeon hesitated, he walked a few paces beyond the house. Before he could veil upon himself the lift and knocker, Saw nothing that need raise a smile on the face of the bondage reader. The ladies of London were a very different body in that then. The position of suburbs, raised for buildings and the progress of improvement, not yet begun to connect them. The main body of the city is embryonized, rendered many of them, and this in particular, a place of result for the worst and most depraved characters. Even the streets and the greyest parts of London perfectly lighted at that time in such places as there these were left entirely at the mercy of moon and stars, chances protecting desperate characters or tracing them, their haunts where thus rendered very few their offences naturally increased in boldness, and consciousness of comparative tranquility came the more impressed upon them by daily experience. As they added to these considerations, might be remembered young men, men spent some time in public hospitals, but Protestants and those neither Burke nor Bishop had gained the horrible notoriety. His own observation might be suggested by him, might be have suggested to him how easy the atrocities which have former was since given his name might be committed. By this, as may had a reflection upon made him hesitate. He did hesitate. But, but being a young man of strong mind, great personal courage, did not even for an instant, he stepped briskly back and knocked gently at the door. No whispering was audible. Perhaps on afterwards, with some person at the end of his passage conversing stealthily with the other, they landing, landing above, secluded, succeeded, the noise of the choir, heavy boots upon the bare floor, the old train was suddenly and softly advanced on, door opened a tall, 
ill-fevered man, black hair, his face as a surgeon, often declared afterwards as pale and haggard as the countenance of any dead man he'd ever saw and presented himself. Morning, sir, he said in a low tone. Frodo did so, and the man, being over his scooter door again by the chain, led the way into a small back parlour extremity of the passage. At my own time? Too soon, replied the man. Surgeon turned hastily round. In just astonishment, not unmixed with alarm, he found impossible to repress. If you step in here, in here, up here, sir, said the man, eventually noticed the action. Oh, if you step in here, sir, you won't be deaf for ten five minutes, I'm sure you. The surgeon at once walked into the room. The man closed the door and left him alone. It was a little cold room with no no other furniture than two deal chairs, tables of material, handful of fire unguarded by any fender. The burning in the grate which brought out damp it served no more comfortable purpose. Her unwholesome moisture was stealing down its walls in long slug like tracks. The window which had broken and cracked in many places looked into a small enclosed piece of ground. Almost covered with water, no sound was to be heard, either within the house or without. The young surgeon sat down by the fireplace to wait the result of their first of his first professional visit. He did not remain in the position very minutes, when the noise of such approaching vehicle struck his ear. He stopped the door street doors opened. It took his seat occupied the shuffling noise of footsteps along the passage. And on the stairs, the two or three men were engaged in carrying the heavy body into the room above. The creaking of the stairs a few seconds afterwards announced the newcomers having completed their task, whatever it was, for leaving the house. The door was again closed, the form of silence was restored. After five minutes of the lapse, the surgeon had resolved to explore the house, search for someone to whom he might give his errand known. When the door door opened, when, when the door of the room opened, his last night visitor, dressed in exactly the same manner, the veil lowered as before mentioned to him regards, the similar height of her form, covered with the circumstance of her not speaking, caused the idea to pass across his brain for instant that it might be a man disguised as a woman's attire, a hysterical self which issued from beneath the veil, a consultative attitude of grief, whole figure, However, it once exposed the absurdity, the, the, the suspicion he hastily followed. The woman led the way upstairs from the, the front room, paused at the door, a door that influenced her first, scantily furnished with an old deal box, a few chairs, a tent of bits said, without hangings or crossbones. Which is covered with a pitchwork curtain. A dim light emitted through the curtain, which he noticed from outside, rendered the objects in the room so distinct and communicated to all and so uniform a hue. He did not at first perceive the objects which his eye at once resisted. Rested when a woman rushed frankly past him and found herself at her knee, to her knees by the bedside, stretched upon a bed closely enveloped in wedding paper. Wrapped but covered blankets, lay human form, stiff and motionless, head and face, 
which to those of the man when covered save with bandage with class overhead and under the skin. The eyes were closed, the left arm lay heavily across the bed's bed. A woman healed a fretted hand. Surgeon gently pushed the woman aside, looked at the woman, took the hand his. My God, he exclaimed, letting, letting out full, letting full involuntary. Man is dead. The woman started to her feet and beat her hands together. Oh no, don't say so. She exclaimed with a burst of passion, orienting almost to frenzy. Oh, don't say so, sir. I can't bear it. Man and woman brought to life. Before, then unskillful people had given them up for lost, and men had died who might have been restored if better means been resorted. resorted to to. Now let him die there, sir. Without one more effort to save him, his very moment life will be passing away. No, do try, sir. Do, for heaven's sake. And while speaking, she hurriedly chafed forward the forehead, and the beast of the sentence form before her, and then the wild the beat of the cold hands, which were covered, she ceased to tell them, little listlessly, and back, heavily back to the coverlet. It is no use, my good woman, said the surgeon smoothly, as he withdrew his hand from the bare breast. Stay with him undrawn that curtain. Why, said the woman, starting up. Undrawn the curtain, repeated the surgeon, and take turn. I darkened the room on purpose, said the woman, throwing herself upon him to his row as she rose to withdraw it. Oh, sir, with, with, have pity on me. It cannot be no use. He really did do not dispose that form of another one's eyes and mine. A man must die that died in natural course of natural greed of death, said Surgeon. I must see the body. The motion was so sudden that a human woman could hardly know he slipped from him beside, beside him. He tore open the curtain, admitted the full light of day, returned to the bedside. There would have been violence here, he said, pointing towards the body, raising intently on the face, which had the black veil that was now, as far as I removed. Excitement a minute before, a female thrown off the bonnet veil, and there stood with her eyes fixed upon him. Features of those of a woman about fifty, who had once been faint and handsome, sorrow and weeping left traces upon them, which lime itself would ever have produced, without them which not time itself. They were reduced about their age. Her face was deadly pale. There was a nervous contortion for lip and unnatural fire in her eyes, which showed too plainly that her bodily many powers are now just nearly sunk beneath an accumulation of misery. There has been much been violence here, said the surgeon, preserving his searching glance. There was, replied the woman. This man has been murdered. That I call God a witness he has, the woman. Presently, pitifully, immediately murdered. By whom, said the surgeon, seized the woman by the arm. Look at the butcher's marks and let, then ask me, he replied. The surgeon turned his face towards the bed, bent over the body, which lay, now lay full in the light of the window. Her throat was swollen, livid marks which circled it. The truth flashed from the sunny pundit. This is one of the men who was hanged this morning, he exclaimed, turning away from it with a shudder. It is, replied the woman. The cold and meaning stand. Who is he? Crying a surgeon, my son, replied the woman. I have fell sentless, fell sentless, 
and at his feet. Your true companion, equally guilty with himself, being acquitted for a want of evidence, the man had been left for death. The possibility of countless circumstances, cases of the distant period, must be necessary, but, but, and might give pain to some people still alive. History of every day one. The mother was a widow. Her children and money had to be denied herself necessary to preserve them. Orphan boy, a boy mindful of her prayers. A forgetful of suffering as she had endured a lot of life for him. Incessant anxiety of mind, voluntary salvation of body, and plunges, career of dis- desperation, crime. Yes, that this result, his own death, hanged on his hands, both shame and curable insanity. For many years after this occurrence, been unprofitable and arduous vocations, but have led many men to forget when such a miserable being existed. A man surgeon with daily visits aside a poundless madwoman, only suing her this presence and blindness. But in a vein of eating the rigour of her condition by penscudibly donations for comfort and support, bestowed with no sparing hand and transcendent bullying recollection consciousness, which entered, preceded her death. A prepared for his welfare and protection, a frequent, 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 and moral ever breeds the rose upon the lips of this poor, like friendless creature. That prayer flew to heaven and was heard with blessing his instrumental career, being repaid to him a thousandfold amid all the honours of rank and station which have since been hemmed upon him, which he has not so well earned. He had no reminiscences for gratifying in his heart that, that then the connect that, that connected with the black veil.